0: I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk near. Do you want to play a game?
1: Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos for creative. I'm your
0: number one fan.
1: Look at me, Damian. It's all for you. Hi, I'm Jackie. Want to play?
0: We have such sights to show you. Everything you ever were afraid of. They're coming to get you, Barbara.
1: Get me back, What are
0: you waiting for? Huh? Don't fall um, asleep. The Rotten Tomato score of, like, 76%. Hmm. And if the movie was really that good, it wouldn't start off at 76 You know, usually when movies are really good, right. like, they start off with a fucking... With a hundred, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, they start off strong, like, really strong, enough to where you're like, oh, wow,
0: you know? Yeah, so you could be on something with him being pretty much the focal point and just the movie itself, you know? Yeah,
1: because, you know, and a lot of times that's fine, you know, when you have, like, such a good, like, character actor, then it's like... Because that's what Joaquin Phoenix is, he's such a good, like, actor... It's one of those things where you just want you want to watch them, but at the same time, man, I like good movies. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, we've we've explained that before in the past on uh the- On previous episodes where it's like, hey, you know, give me a solid movie over just this fun character, you know? Yeah. Uh, So I am curious about how they are going to treat the character and how they're going to surround him. You know, like, are they going to give him a juicy enough story that along with the acting and you know the craziness of joker it will be a very successful thing but we, we don't know i honestly don't know which kind of story or which what inspired the story you know what i mean right
1: yeah cuz it's like it it looks creepy and he looks creepy and um, he can be a creepy guy like if you've ever seen the master like uh, 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 or anything he's done really like he he's a, he's good at being really intense
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. 100%. Like, from Gladiator yeah. to, like, 8mm to, uh, to Frickin' Walk the Line. Just, Hawking Phoenix
1: is absolutely amazing. But, like you said, we like good movies, too. Yeah, you know? man. You gotta, it's gotta be a good movie. Like, I I, I don't want to walk away going, yeah, he was a good Joker, you know, but it, <laughs> is Joker good? And I don't know, man. It, and festival I movies. I thought about that,
0: too, man. Like, yeah. I thought about that. I'm like, I, I'm seeing it. Next Friday, I was able to get my tickets. But I was like, I hope I'm not disappointed overall by this film. Yeah. Uh, because it's, it's it's happened before where you do get such a strong performance from an actor, but then everything around him is
1: shit. Yeah, you know? I mean, it's the director from The Hangover, so, you know, it. who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Todd Phillips. Honestly,
0: like, The Hangover, is I'm really good off that. Like, I, I don't find them as funny as people think. I didn't like part 1 yeah. I, I don't like them at all um, part 2 is even worse than part 1 part 3 is even worse than part 2 right uh, but overall I'm hoping this guy who is Todd Phillips you said right yeah did he help write the script
1: I want to say yes you know I, I I didn't look too far into it I just gotta admit it's one of those things where I'm like oh well it was it's always been Walking Phoenix and you know it's a Joker movie so I'm like okay what are they gonna do
0: yeah and with no Batman, so you know it's gonna have to have been uh, not greater, but it just has to be a, just a little bit better than what we expect because there is no Batman. Usually, when you get a Joker in a movie, there's he's a supporting character. He's yeah, now, he's not lead. So now that he's the focal point of the story, he's the lead character. Um, it's gonna be interesting to see what they can come up with without having to you know talk about a Dark Knight or a Cape Crusader or any of you know, that Batman. That's it. Jumbo.
1: That's a good point. I didn't really think of that
0: and you know
1: um, there there are a few movies that like have tried to focus on characters who were like spin off or yeah you know, spin off into making them the focus like uh, like what we're talking about today actually where it started out like uh, like Rob Zombies, like House of the Thousand Corpses, you know uh, they weren't the exactly like the focal points of the film, you know what I mean no.
0: Yeah, exactly. With uh, in uh, in the, in House of a Thousand Corpses, it was just a dude uh, with a very artistic vision trying to make a slasher. That's pretty much all it was. Uh, and what we got was, uh, you know, the Devil's Rejects out of that, and uh, many other crazy endeavors. Um, but uh, we'll focus that. Uh, we'll focus on uh, a little bit of everything of Rob Zombie. But welcome, folks to uh, the more the official Corpse Feed podcast with me, my trusty producer. I like to call him Tex, people know him, as well as Nick Valdez from comicbook.com. Howdy, everybody. And I am Arturo Padilla, uh, Editor-in-Chief of Corpse Feed, the creator of all that is Corpse Feed and all the content that you see. And today we're going to talk about Rob Zombie. We're going to start off uh, by, in a somber note, unfortunately, Mr. Uh, Sid Haig, also known as Captain Spaulding, Uh, The very infamous clown from the Rob Zombie movies. He passed away recently. He was 80 years old. Yes. He definitely lived a good life. Uh, He definitely had a resurgence of his career because of Rob Zombie. Mm -hmm. And um, he does owe Zombie a a definite debt of gratitude because Zombie has this thing ever since South of Thousand Corpses, being a huge horror fan, um, was able to bring back all these guys. And gals, I should say as well, back into the limelight of horror from their heyday. Whether it's Ken Fourier that he used in in um what he used in Devil's Rejects, mm-hmm. he used them um, in his Halloween remake. Yeah. He was uh you, you might know him from uh, Dawn of the Dead from back in the day. So he came back into the fold after like you know being a B movie Comic Con kind of you know spectacle back into you know an actual actor. Right. Um, and he did this for us in hey guys, well. And for some other people that uh, are in the genre, so this is why we decided to talk a little bit about Rob Zombie tonight, and also um, going to talk about um, all his little endeavors uh, from House of the Thousand Corpses to his Halloween remakes uh, to maybe what the future will hold for Rob Zombie. But right now, let's uh, let's have a couple seconds of silence for uh, Sid Haig. Violence,
1: freaks of nature. Well, then, come on down to Captain Spaulding's Museum of Monsters and Madmen. <laughs> yeah, see the alligator boy. Ride my famous murder ride. Most of all, don't forget to take home some of my tasty fried chicken. Ha <laughs> ha! It just tastes a so damn good.
0: So, Tex, uh, House of a Thousand Corpses. Let's start right there, man. Yeah,
1: so it's it's the movie that, like, uh, so Rob Zombie, uh, for a lot of what you said, uh, it's why, like, all of a sudden he was uh, an important director, you know, because it's like he, he was a horror fan making a horror movie. So it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, I, I respected the vision, like, right away. You know, and of course, he's notable for his, you know, his music career and for his the visuals of his music career too. Like um, he was already like put on the map for that, and then then I was like, oh, cool, I want to see what he can do like with a directorial lens. And House of a Thousand Corpses came out the gate strong. Uh, I'll I'll say that straight out. I I dug it, and of course, I dug the sequel even more. But it's one of those things where it was it was so different. You know, it's, it was such like a weird, such a weird movie, man. Like, I mean, now that's all of Zombies movies, I mean, of course, but back then I was like, wow, this is so, it's just so weird.
0: Yeah, um, I definitely agree. It was uh, a, a singular vision is one way to call it. Um, I know I was super interested because I was, and I still have a fan of Zombies, uh, older music. um, And I know for a fact that he has, he was like the art director, pretty much, and the creative force behind all his music videos, all his, um, all his album covers. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he did some really cool, like, artwork for um, Headbangers Ball back in the day on MTV, and uh, he did some work as well for Beavis and Butthead. Uh, so you were aware of the fact that this guy has such a unique eye mm-hmm. for, uh, for color and for and for horror. And just a unique eye in terms of bringing an audience something different. And uh, with House of a Thousand Corpses, he definitely displayed that. His cinematography style was definitely one thing that we could get and we could absorb from this movie, House of a Thousand Corpses, which then you see sprinkled all through his uh, filmography, you know. his um, He uses his cinematography along with music a lot, which is, like, his his thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's
1: a real, like, music video style.
0: You know? Yes, exactly. It's like a, it's like he has a lot of scenes in movies where everything is just slowed down. Yeah. And then there's something intense happening and you get this music going on. For instance, in House of Thousand Corpses, um, when uh, the father discovers that his, you know, kidnapped daughter was in the shed of the Fireflies. Right. There's, everything just slows down. I forget exactly which song uh, you know is playing, but everything slows down, and then the big reveal and the big meetup of this father trying to save his daughter and, and Otis coming out with a gun, and you just get this really intense moment. And when he shoots the father in the head, it's like all you hear is the gunshot, and that's Rob Zombie. He's like he'll point out different layers of the filmmaking process that tends to be neglected with other people right. especially in horror sometimes uh so his unique use of music and cinematography uh really helped out his his movies and and on top of that let's talk a little bit about his favorite thing to actually film which is like as i put it in uh in my review of his new movie three from hell uh a southern fried goodness you know yeah he, yeah he just loves this like Dirty, like redneck south environment. Um, I I'm not sure if he was up in there. I don't know his his child story, you know, but this is all he really focuses on. Even when he does a remake of Halloween, which happens in the in the Midwest, you know, in Chicago. I mean, I'm sorry, in Illinois, you still get this sense of just like there's no other way to say it, but just this white trash. (laughs) Yeah and it's like wait a minute like these guys didn't grow up in a trailer park but you kind of feel like michael myers and his mom which again was his wife sherry munzabi um like are in this like cycle of just low life kind of redneck living but then they're in hadn't feel of a noise you know what mm-hmm. I mean, so that comes across in pretty much all his freaking movies yeah. no matter where like i i, I haven't seen of um, uh, the animated one. Yeah, that uh, saw? so
1: does that uh, have the same vibe to it? No. Um. So El Superbisto. Uh, I forget the full name, but it's it's got like this weird, like it's it's like a foam exploitation kind of vibe. Oh, okay. But, yeah, yeah, and like you know, because El Superbisto is like the luchador and all that stuff, but you know, it's 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 setting out to be like as raunchy as it possibly can. You know, yeah, it, it's more it's more raunch than plot, really. Like, uh, okay. yeah, like the the main girl in it, she uh, her she, her motorcycle is like a transforming, or no, I forget what it is. It's like a transforming robot or something like that. But like the joystick is his penis, and so like every or, or like the way she drives it is like his penis, and like every time <laughs> you know, so he's always making faces whenever she drives it anywhere. And then, like, she gets in a fight with like these—I uh, think they're like Nazis or something. And then there's like a like a, a hotter Nazi lady. And then when they when they fight, there's like a a musical breakdown. Like, so uh, there's like this song that plays where it's like um, that says like, "Oh, people jerk off to cartoons every day and stuff like that." And oh, yeah, it's all like slow. Oh, and then they're like, you know, it, it's one of those things like, that he's played out, but. It, like if that scene should tell you it's it's supposed to be like it's just like his movies you know where it's yeah, like let's let's yeah. go for the extreme and in, in in there it's one of those like let's push the boundaries of cartoons and you know and that always it the style has a limit is what i'm saying you
0: know <laughs> yeah, like, um, yeah. yeah kind of reminds me of um, i think it was him uh and beavis and butthead do america there's a scene where Beavis is in the in the desert, like pretty much dehydrated. Yeah,
1: the hallucination scene, right? Yeah,
0: and and that's I believe that's Rob Zombie's uh, sequence there, which I think is being played to it in Ozzy Osbourne song too, which is pretty dope. And that reminds me a little bit of El Super Superbista when I first saw a couple of clips of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like this, like mid to like late nineties. Liquid television, MTV kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, like, um,
1: it, it's outdated now. It's very
0: Yeah, outdated, right? yeah. yeah I, can, I can imagine, yeah. But yeah, so, as I was saying, you have that, for example, in his filmography. Um, but even that oozes a little bit of his style, um, uh, which you can see in the, in the live-action films. Yes. So, back to House of Thousand Corpses, which, after several, several watches... At first watch, to be honest with you, I was not a fan. I yeah. was a fan. I think it was just because it was fucking crazy. Yeah, just,
1: it's it's so crazy, and then you don't. It, it's weird because it's like there's no there's no plot. You know?
0: <laughs> if that makes yeah, any sense,
1: exactly. it's just like it's just, thing after thing after thing.
0: Yeah, it's, it's like it's just thrown at you, and yeah. then you just kind of have to. Um, but then after watching it again, you're like, huh, okay, and then you begin to kind of tie it together yourself. Um, and it turns out to be a a really solid flick. It's, uh, it's really cool how, just like you said, there is no real, like,
1: Yeah, yeah, cause it goes, it it ties back into, uh, what you were saying about, like, his music video, Artur style. You know, he's, he's shooting, like, he's, it's, you get the sense that he's got, like, these sequences in his head that he wants to play out on screen. But they're you know, and then it's like, oh, okay, then he finds the connections later. You know, it's like he, he puts them in the movie, and then, you know, then maybe, like, you watch it a second time, and you're like, oh, that's how that ties together.
0: That explanation pretty much explains <laughs> Three from Hell.
1: Oh, um, okay. Yeah, I, let's, let's dig into that, Arturo. Uh,
0: yeah, so um, before we talk about his best movie ever, Devil's Rejects, we'll talk yes. about the one that just came out. Um, Three from Hell, again, um, after getting a little more in-depth information as to how... the the production of the movie was Mm -hmm. um it kind of explains why it was honestly just a bunch of trash first of all sid haig because of his health issues was only in the movie for like five minutes dude um he yeah so they all right and devil's rejects they supposedly die so apparently they lived like uh, you know an onslaught of, of of gunfire and somehow lived and woke up alive after like weeks and weeks and months of, like, coma, or whatever. But they're they're in jail. Sid Haig pretty much, you know, does a promo, does, like, a little monologue, and um, that's his, all he does. And then he gets executed um, by the state, but they don't show the execution either, either which one was a little disappointing, um, especially for a zombie movie. You would think he, was, um, he would showcase a death of a major character. Right. Um, but that didn't happen, which was very disappointing. And then the monologue uh, for Sid Haig um, was also very, it was very deep- for a zombie film, um, especially how, like, it didn't make any sense because he didn't get to kind of further his his activities in the movie, you know? This movie, legit, is exactly like a devil's reject in terms of plot. These people kill, right? They mm-hmm. have fun killing. Uh, they hole up in some kind of shithole place. Uh, they, they get snitched on by the shithole place owner, just like Ken did. Who was the brothel owner in Devil's Rejects? Mm -hmm. He pretty much snitched on them to the cop and to the bounty hunters. Um, So it's the same thing over here. So because Otis did time with Danny Trejo's character from Devil's Rejects, right? Mm -hmm. He he ended up killing him in Three from Hell. So his son, who has like this luchador masked like assassin squad in Mexico, um, gets word from this snitch that they're holed up in some shithole motel uh they arrive they start shooting people left and right pretty much it becomes very repetitive it's the same shit um it sucks. it was a waste of time he kind of tarnished the the greatness of what he did with devil's rejects and it was totally unnecessary years after too it's like come on it was not needed at all uh-huh. i would i i wrote how i wish he would have Graced us better with an original idea than just another like you know well, regurgitation.
1: I, well, I mean, if let's say let's say they were just three new characters, would it have worked that way?
0: Um, I mean, it would have been typical zombie flare. Okay, you know what I mean. Right. Um, but because of the similarities in plot from Devil's Rejects and Through From Hell, it really doesn't come off very well. That because sucks. Yeah. yeah, it sucks because the devil's rejects um, for fans of zombie for fans of horror is very, it's a very um, visual movie. You know what I mean, so it, it sticks with you. Like everything yeah. that happens in that movie kind of like sits with you for a while and you know, through and through what happens in that movie. So right. seeing three from hell and seeing exactly how it unfolded, you're like, um, really dude, like you couldn't really, you know, give me something else. And, and then to top it off, um, Sid Hague's character was supposed to be in the movie the whole way through. They had to replace his character entirely with some new character he made up and pretty much just filled Sid Hague's uh, role with this guy scene for scene. So it wasn't like he rewrote it to kind of accommodate this new person. No, he just made somebody else up and put him in Sid Hague's place. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, that yeah.
1: sucks because, I mean, like, uh, we'll, uh, I mean, Devil's Rejects, like, it... It stands out because it's it's a horror movie where you get to really know about like the killers, and that's very rare in in general, like in horror in general. Like it's very rare that yeah. you get like a character study of just such terrible, terrible people, and, and then, then you yeah. end
0: up fucking rooting for them at the end yeah. of the movie.
1: Yeah, because yeah, they heard. they become like the protagonists because you're like, oh, you fall. It's a weird kind of like. Not like you don't fall, like, yeah, I kind of fell in love with them because they're, it's one of those things where it's like you're you so drawn into this evil,
0: you know, and I know this is is why we're here right now. I mean, yeah, Yeah, because of that, like, like for instance, in Devil's Rejects, there was a scene in particular where they were getting some tootie fucking fruity, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, Um, and then that's like, oh, you know, you're like, oh, you know, these that's a kind of a charming kind of scene there, yeah these guys where are they going What are they doing you know so he and, and and i think that has a lot to do as well with the glue that held them together honestly was captain spaulding yeah hey so because baby and otis just by themselves is very annoying characters they are um, but then Sid Haye was kind of this vanilla thrown in there and vanilla in a good way you needed somebody to kind of balance the craziness out of Otis and Baby, you know? And Sid Hake's character, Captain Spaulding, kind of did that in a very subtle and subliminal way that you discover is very important after seeing Three from Hell, because um, the character he added to her was this very other intense Otis-like character, and you're like, that's too much. You know what I mean? So, um, in terms of him trying to make these characters likable again, he... It feels a little forced. You know what I mean, right? That, uh, so, that makes
1: sense because yeah, Captain Spaulding, he he keeps the trio grounded. You know, yes, it, it's 100%. yeah, it's it's that subtlety that you need because, like House of Thousand Corpses, it's one of those things where it's like it's very extreme. You know, and be- there's no plot, but it works because it's so, so very extreme. And it's like, then you start going, Oh, I wonder what extreme thing's going to happen after scene after scene. But Devil's Reject slows it all down, like quite literally. Like it's like, it's a, it's one of those, like, it's a slice of life kind of move, you know, yes. where it's just, you're just following this trio. And the only reason you want to follow the trio and the only reason it's kind of not, not believable, but grounded, you know, yes. where it's like, it, it makes it like, you know, it's, it's realistic. It's because of Captain Spaulding that he's, yeah, he's got the face paint and all that stuff, but you know, that that's, that's all just like hinted at like his weird fucking violent darkness, you know?
0: Yeah. um, He's kind of like the patriarch in some ways. I I don't know. You never really know the exact relationship. Yeah. These guys have, um, because I don't think he's the father, but he's, he's definitely the elder statesman of the group. And he's the one that will keep them, Kind of in line, you know? It's yeah. like, hey, baby, you know, stop all that crazy talk and, and let's fucking do the killing the proper way or some shit. You know what I mean? Right. Like, he's that kind of guy. And you really need that in Three from Hell. As, like I was saying before, like, the scenes where he makes you want what he, he shows you and all these characters and, and the scenes where he wants you to like them, they're all right. Kind of get a little bit of that nostalgic feel a little bit in some scenes where mm-hmm. you're like oh okay this is why I like these characters but then it just kind of feels a little forced right. especially like because in the beginning of the movie there's such fucking like savages that you're like oh this again you know right. um, I wasn't ready to kind of be cool with this right now you
1: know what I mean <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah, that's true like that's that's another problem with Zombie like he with all his like extreme stuff uh, there's that's why uh, once again going back to devil's rejects it's because then you you know in devil's rejects he shows restraint you know yes he finds a
0: good balance yes. <laughs> yeah like he, yeah because like you said earlier with a house of thousand corpses everything's so fucking wild that it's it's cracked up 200 right like first you get captain spaulding and his fucking crazy like you know face paint and then you get a look at the fireflies and the kidnap of the cheerleading. And then the killing starts. And then all of a sudden, Dr. Satan is like underground and shit. <laughs> so, you know, extreme shit keeps popping up, popping up. And then you get Tiny, you know, you know, right. wearing these crazy mankind-looking masks. And you just get a lot of crazy imagery, but it's always intense. Yeah. You know, it doesn't let up until the very end of the movie. But in Devil's Rejects, he scales it back a little bit. He's right. like, you know what? Let me – how can I show these characters as people? Yeah, it's, it's like he,
1: it's like he got it all out of his system, you know, with the first one, you know, and, and the reason that House of Thousand Corpses works is because it's the first one. You know, yeah. it, it's diminishing returns. You know what I mean? It's ho- all horror fans have like a wall that they hit where they're like, "Yo, I can't watch so much like gore and bloodshed, you know, like, yeah, it's cool. I enjoyed as much as everybody. But at the same time, it's like, all right, dude, you did another one of these. <laughs> yes.
0: That's exactly how I felt with me from hell, because like you, I love my gore. You know what I mean? Right. But like, I don't like senseless gore. Right. Um, and, Like, for, for instance, a lot of Japanese horror is very senseless with their practical effects and the blood and the gore and it's just that's not my thing it's over the top extreme shit yeah top, where you get but, like the
1: you get like the super sprays where it's like just like yeah yeah yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. that, that and, works uh, it works occasionally but you're right where it's like every like it's like oh every cut is gonna be like a blood spray come on you
0: know yeah exactly and, and now that we're, we're talking about gore um the gore in Three from hell dude like the amount of CGI bullet holes in that movie is no. really fucking incredible. Dude, so disappointing. Like, and this is why I felt like no. he didn't even feel like he was totally invested in the movie. you yeah. had some practical effects, but, dude, like, there were so many CGI bullet holes that I was just, I was like, I'm good, dude. Like, can you give me something else? You get, like, don't get me wrong, there is some decent stuff in there, but... The CGI blood and the CGI oh, bullet stuff gosh. is so much that it's like, you no, know, like, think about it. There's a gang of Mexican assassins shooting up a town. That's all CGI bullet holes
1: do. Wow.
0: Yes. Yeah. And it was very, like, it disconnects you from the movie. God, wow. that sucks. Again, like, with if, House of like, a Thousand Corpses, for example, yeah. it was so extreme, but everything was practical yeah. pretty much. If you're
1: going to do it, do it. You know, at least, like, follow through.
0: Yes. yes. And, and this is why I think he wasn't 100% really feeling it. But I think it was just because um, in some interview, he was saying how Lionsgate and him, uh, I think Lionsgate had reached out to him about doing another one. Or it was vice versa, honestly. I honestly don't remember. But they spoke about doing another one. And he was like, oh, yeah, cool. But I got the sense from reading some um, interviews that he really – didn't sound 100% um, <gasps> fully vested in the idea. Um, I think, you know what it is? I think he was done with the characters, but people were uh, craving more Otis, Baby, yeah. and, and Spaulding.
1: Because Devil's Regents is but, so good.
0: And Yeah, th- that Lions game was just like, fuck it, let's just do another one. We have like a little chunk of change here. Let's just throw this at the screen. You, you Which think- explains the budget for the practical effects of yeah. the CGI.
1: You, no. you think it was because, you know, his recent run of stuff has been kind of, like, kind of, like, panned across the board? Like kind was, of, like, trash? Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, there's yeah, what there I was, what, like, 31? That
0: was... Oh, ooh. my God. 31, I think, is one of the lowest rated movies on my website. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, and I gave it a 1, only ooh. because I didn't have um, an image of a 0 out of 10. <laughs> uh, so, I was like, I don't want to bother my, uh, you know, my lovely wife and awesome, you know, designer. The website to like make me a zero. So I'm like, you know what? If if you got it, if
1: if you're giving a movie a zero, like, why review it,
0: right? Yeah, why? (laughs) Yo, like, I think that happened with with one of the movies. Uh, Oh, with Rings. Like, I just, I think I just wrote, like, you know, this is trash, and that's it.
1: (laughs) Did I see that one with you?
0: I think you might have skipped that one. Oh, okay. Were you there? No,
1: no, I think you were there. It was the one with uh, what's his name, right? The guy who plays Kingpin Daredevil. What's what's his yeah, name? Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, was it,
0: and he was very sugar. forgettable. Sugar, water, resident. sugar, water.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and then, yeah. And then he was like the he was like the the guy who tried to kill her at the end. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did see it with you then.
0: Yeah, he, <laughs> he was the guy who tried to get everything going again. Yeah. Oh, um, so trash, dude. dude <laughs> it was trash. It was trash. So thirty one was disgustingly bad. Again. Is southern fried action horror stuff, which he just fucking loves. Like thirty one legit is like Devil's Rejects balled up in with House of Dozen Corpses and going even more over the top. There's no fucking plot whatsoever whatsoever. Meaning I mean, there is a plot, there is a story, but there's no direction. And it's just trash. That's it's just again, it's excessive violence. You have some cool characters and stuff, because zombie you know, knows how to do that but again it's it's nonsensical stuff
1: yeah because even even when you give him like a story to follow that's when like it it sucks because he i know he knows what he's doing but at the same time i really don't know what he's doing like remember like the halloween movies that's
0: that's exactly what i was saying i was (laughs) like that's a brilliant segue into the halloween uh movies the covers i should say yeah um where I listen, I'm a fan of those movies. I I really am. I like them uh, because I'm a zombie fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked his vision. I liked where he wanted to go with it, which people didn't really appreciate. Um, I know that zombie prefers to kind of uh, take a deep dive into the psyche of a killer, mm-hmm. than rather just kind of accept what it is and just keep moving. But but then like you give me this little backstory uh, of how Michael Myers grew up as a kid. Right? But you know what? Like, I'm down for that. I'm, I'm really yeah. interested in this. I, I didn't mind life. that either. Yeah. Yeah. But then, like, you just copied, like, the last act of the original Halloween. Pretty much scene for scene. And But then you included a couple things here and there to uh, differentiate it after he attacks Laurie the house. But it was disappointing because you have this original idea of showing what you think Michael Myers was, was created by and what created Myers and what drove him to start killing, which is cool. Like I I like that take. It's different. Mm -hmm. Um, People didn't like it because they're like, Oh, he's just the shape and blah, blah, blah. But yo, just shut the fuck up and let the man be. I mean, like we, like we've seen a lot of shitty Halloween movies, people. Come on. Everything after Halloween two was fucking trash. Yeah. Honestly. So you can't tell me, oh, I don't like this one. I'm like, dude, really? We sat through fucking uh, Michael Myers returns, the Revenge of Michael Myers. We all watched. Myers.
1: We all watched Buster Rhymes kick him in the face in H2O. Oh my know? goodness! Uh, <laughs> Halloween Resurrection. You know I mean? Was it? Wait, Halloween, was it Resurrection? Oh, Which one yeah, did that he? Was resurrection, okay, bro. yeah, I just remember that he like kung fooded Michael Myers, so
0: he did. He, he, he tried to go toe to toe with Michael Myers. <laughs> didn't work out too well for him no, he actually lived at the end actually yeah, like he, plus the rhymes actually lived. Yeah. yes but that one that one is that's now we're getting into Halloween we're gonna yeah. talk about Halloween yeah sure. yeah but, um, but it's it's up.
1: one of those things where it's like you know let the guy do something new and yeah. that's what we, we uh, we've said this on the show before where it's like a big thing with with us at Course Speed is like no like we want to watch good shit and if you're remaking a movie at, at least do something like try something like, go for yes. it.
0: Exactly. Um, and I think he really went for it. But he fucking dug deep and went for it with Halloween too. It was such a deviation uh, that a lot of people were disappointed. I, I liked it. It was a very, very different, like, out there angle on how this affected Laurie Strode. And you know what? It made sense to me because Laurie Strode and – that second Halloween was a broken person, man. Mm-hmm. And honestly, after what she went through, you know, the first time around, you have to be fucked up right. after that. And it's very cool to see how the characters are super affected by it to the point where they're broken people now. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I mean, it's Daniel a- Harris's character as well was also in that one um, where she, she was attacked in the first one, but she lived. But she's like so fucked up. Yeah, she's I think on medication. And so is Laurie Strode. And these people are just, like, not right anymore.
1: Yeah, you got to give Zombie the credit for that idea because it's revisited in that new Halloween that came out where it's like, you know, Laurie Strode is a broken person. Like, she's a shut-in yes. who, who, like, fashioned her house. And Rob Zombie did introduce that, that PTSD angle. So, you know. Yeah,
0: big time because if you actually um, care to make it to the end of that movie um, – <laughs> uh, I got to put it that way, but not not a lot
1: of people. Yeah, I I 100% get it. That's, you know, but that's, you can say that for all of Rob Zombie's movies, actually.
0: That's true. So at the end of, uh, at the end of his Halloween 2, which I, in my deep, deep uh, heart, I think that is what he originally wanted to do. Mm. But then the studio wanted him to kind of, I think, stick a little bit more to the source material in the first one. This is why I think was able to even give us a part two because I think they were like listen I'll do what you want in this first one but then I want to tell the story right and and you really get a sense of the zombie mentality in part two because of how everyone's broken um, you finally don't get this southern fried goodness that I keep talking about but you get more of a darker serious tone um, in this movie and at the end like Laurie Strode ends up in a mental institution and it I really like that ending, but yeah, like our Zombie was given this project, and a lot of people unfortunately didn't dig it. But that continues his kind of streak after Devil's Rejects. You know,
1: yeah, it, um, it's one of those things where like, did he peak early? Like, honestly,
0: I honestly think he peaked ext- extremely early because, my opinion, with this genre and the way his style is, mm-hmm. he fucking threw everything at. At us with House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects. Somehow, some way, he had this jet where he was like, "Yo, let me talk about these fireflies and see where that goes." Like, I I don't know how he got Devil's Rejects out of House of a Thousand Corpses, um, because as we discussed earlier, it's a very different movie. Yeah. In in tone in in even in in just, yeah, in tone, in yeah, overall it's, tone. In tone, in pacing. And even, like, visuals. Because yeah. even, you remember in House of Lords of you got all this, like, a lot of dark lighting, mm-hmm. a lot of, like, quick shots here and there, a lot of very music video-esque, zombie-esque, um, colors, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but in Devil's Rejects, everything's in the fucking daylight, everything yep. except the scene in the brothel, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, and, and so it's
1: very brave to do a horror movie during the day.
0: Very fucking brave, and
1: he accomplished it. Um, it, it works with his, it worked, it was perfect yeah. for, like, his dirty style, you know, it's because, you know, then you, you know, when you get sun, you get sweat, you get dirt, and grossness, and grime, Yeah, and, yeah. again,
0: southern fried goodness. Yes, absolutely. You know, and, and did it best with that, but he kind of, after that, that was just the thing. And he definitely OD'd on that factor. And he should, like, not make any more movies like <laughs>
1: <him>. <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean, look, major, I, I'm i gonna agree, Arturo, like, major yeah. props, like, major props to him, because, you know, uh, y- you gotta have a good brain, at least, to, like, put this on to film. You know, to like the visuals and like all this stuff like it is it is unique. Like it isn't always hit, you know, but like he definitely
0: had a vision and definitely had an idea. Yeah, because I remember when he first came out with corpses, um, it was like this crazy reach for him, you know, like Mm -hmm. it was you never saw that. Never saw a musician who was as famous and popular as Rob Zombie kind of flex his artistic muscles in the way he did and and was like, hey, listen, I'm going to make a fucking movie. I'm going to write it and direct it. Yeah. Um, And he kind of blew his load with House of Thousand Corpses. And then he, you know, his swan song to me was was Devil's Rejects. Yeah, like Um, Devil's
1: Rejects, it, it plays out like the kind of movie someone's been thinking about for a long time.
0: You know, and it's very, yeah, you're right. It's very thought out. It's very methodical. It's it's, very,
1: it's just, yeah, like he's been kicking it around in his head, like, since, like, I don't know, since he was maybe like a teenager or something. It's definitely one of those.
0: It's very deep. And uh, for the length, I don't think it's anywhere near two hours. But um, you get a lot of good character building Mm -hmm. in the amount of time that he has. And I think you're right. Like, imagine if Devil's Rejects all along was the one he. Wanted to make, but he was like, "How do I get here? How do I make these people seem like crazy? You know, know, Satan worshiper, fucking killers? You know? Oh, let me make this crazy, hot, thousand corpus to explain how crazy these fuckers are." Yeah, because
1: it feels like he, you know, he, you know, when you know when you like, I first time creator when you're making something, you're like, "Oh, I have so many ideas." And you know, once he funneled through all the noise, like I think that's what it was. Like when you look at House of a Thousand Corpses compared to rejects, corpses yeah. corpses is noise. Like it, it's it's straight up just like it's noise. It's loud yeah. Yep. It's it's every idea you've ever had in one fucking
0: project. That's a perfect way to say it. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: And then after he funneled all those out, he's like, Oh, now I see clearly the, the movie I wanna make. And then he made it. And then there we go. That's why you know, that's why we wanted or someone out there wanted a three from the hell. I didn't. <laughs> I, don't know. I mean,
0: like I mean I was a fan of Redress, but like honestly I was good with that ending. I didn't see yeah. it um, we thought we needed more. We were very, very wrong. Absolutely. Um, and, and I'm just hoping... Um, well, now I, I'm pretty sure these characters will be put to bed. Um, Especially and, now
1: in, in these unfortunate circumstances. Yeah.
0: yeah um, unfortunately, they do live at the end of Free From Hell. Oh. So yeah. Oof. There is no death for them, which like, I think... This is why, again, talk about Rejects because this is his best movie, but... Um, the ending of Rejects was perfect because it's like got these people who were not good people at all, right? But then we decided to root for them because we kind of we were endeared, you know, we, we were charmed by their by their. Uh,
1: you're you're charmed by the evil. It's a real yeah, like – Yeah, said you know. It's that uh, it's said serial killer stuff,
0: like Dude, like I mean, Otis for- is fucking awesome as shit. Just like all the monologues, all the quips, all the one liners, Otis was throwing out in Devil's Reject. Show, like, God damn, this yeah. guy is fucking
1: awesome. I am the devil, and I'm here to do devil's work. Uh, we have sure. that in our in the very beginning of every of our episodes. Yes, yeah,
0: because uh, it yeah, works. That line alone is fucking brilliant. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, like Otis is a great fucking character. Um, believe it or not, actually, one good thing from Three from Hell that uh, it can be taken away is Sherry Moon Zombie's performance. Really? Um, Yes. Believe it or not, that was the most surprising part of the movie because it's very Sherry Moon-centric. She is the emotional anchor in this movie. Interesting. Um, Yeah, because we don't have a Spalding, we needed somebody else to actually tether uh, to because Otis is just fucking Otis. And then his brother-in-law, who was um, the guy you know, responsible for helping him break out of jail is also like in Otis J. So it's like the same personality, very vulgar, very in your face, you know? Right. Um, but then it's, it was very interesting to see what they did with the baby character in this one, where she was emotionally fucked up because you find out that she's been in prison for 10 years, which explains that, you know, the big time gap was pretty good. Actually, pretty mm-hmm. good idea that it, it isn't like right away, you know? Right. Um, so there is a lot of time in between Rejects and Three from Hell in the movie as well. Um, So her mental state begins to go. And even Otis at one point is like, uh, you know, like, baby's crazy. But right now, you know, she's just different now. And I think her being separated from the boys pretty much got her into this kind of mental state where she's just fucking crazy now. But believe it or not, I think she's got some acting lessons or something because Sherry Moon was never this, you know, solid actor.
1: I mean, he just puts her in there because, you know, she's his wife, and I mean, wife cheap labor, you know? Yeah, and <laughs> I, I mean, no, I can't fault him because, like, if I ever make a movie, or if we ever do, we're putting in all our friends and family, and that's just what you do. You save money. You
0: save money, you know what I mean? And uh, um, I'm very, I'm actually, I'm very proud of her because this is the best acting she's done on film, period. Well, good. Um, and, and her character does, you know, the baby things and stuff like that, but then there's another layer... Of, of more seriousness to her um, that that comes your connection to reality. You know what I mean, right. um, so that was pretty cool to see. But yeah, in retrospect, just these characters should have died when they were, you know, when, shot to death.
1: Yeah, they should have died when they were killed. It's, yeah. not, it's not dead until you kill it.
0: And, you know, <laughs> exactly. these guys weren't dead. Yeah. Just to wrap up this talk of Devil's Rejects and Rob Zombie, he definitely peaked early, man. He peaked early because everything after Rejects, you know, both Halloween movies weren't received that well. El Superbisto wasn't received well. Uh, 31 was trash. I don't think he's done anything else and you know this new The Three from hell is unfortunately trash too. There were people in the theater which you know they were laughing at certain stuff and I'm like damn like you got god. <laughs> um, yeah like it's but you know it's
1: it's one of those things like, where like I guess I guess. yeah it's one of those things where it's like he he peaked early but you know it's a high peak and, and not every you know not every director could say they have a peak you know <laughs> so
0: there's nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That Devil's Rejects grew to the cult hit it is right now that we're still talking about it. Like, what is it, like a decade or so more yeah. after it made, and uh, honestly, it still holds up. Like, like I can put on Rejects right now, and it would just be excellent again um, right. because of what we mentioned already, because of the characters and how they're written, because of you know. Our dear departed Spaulding and his ability to ground these insane supporting characters. Also, the supporting characters, like for example, he um he got uh, Forsyth right um, mm-hmm. uh, to be um the sheriff, right? Yes. Wydell, right? He was fucking great, and it was cool to see the small resemblance from the first Wydell. His older brother got killed by the fireflies in House of the Corpse, and um and Forsyth was awesome in the movie. He manages to get these characters and these actors. Who were relics, honestly, you know, to put it, you know, in a way. And then he was able to get these, you know, performances out of them that were actually pretty fucking killer, man. And that's why Rob Zombie is talked about right now. Pretty much boils down to Devil's Rejects. Great fucking movie. Well made. Great vision. Good characters. Good supporting characters. Just a well-rounded universe general yeah and Um, you
1: know and you don't need to see the the corpses to understand rejects that's how good rejects is
0: you really don't because they have nothing to do with each other yeah Um, because even like the the only time you see the connection is when they talk about their crimes you know um and that's about it but other than that as I mentioned you don't have to see one to see the other Uh, But honestly, that's Rob Zop. You don't have to see any of his movies to kind of just jump in and watch because he does a certain job with the way he backfills the beginning of his movies. You know, he has this this old school mentality of just catching everyone up at the beginning. Right. Um, Absolutely. Just like you get with the Friday, uh, uh, with all the Friday the 13th movies, you know, Nightmare and Elm Street, all the old school slasher films they give you a recap of what happened previously you know mm-hmm. um so he does that which is pretty cool it's very old school but yeah like i honestly think Rob Zombie should just kind of uh you know yeah it's one of those stop things making movies.
1: yeah <laughs> i mean look yeah go ahead. like you, but then again if you're getting money i can't blame you for getting money I, i'm not gonna go see him i didn't see three from hell i don't plan to see more
0: no you shouldn't yeah. it wasn't even widely released it was like a very like limited three-day release and because it made some decent money on those three days which was, again, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, you're not going to get any fucking competition. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, you know, that's why it made a decent amount of money for the budget it was given and the amount of screens it was, um, it was released on. And the days of the release, like, you know, it, it made some money, which is good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad he made money off of it, you know? Uh, people seem to have enjoyed it. Um, I saw it in, in, in theaters uh, when it was first released on on that Monday. And uh, people seem to enjoy it, you know. Cool. Yeah, them, yeah. Know? That's
1: the thing. Like, if you, uh, it's one of those things where, like, I completely agree. Just you have your hardcore fans. If you're gonna keep making it, make it for them. You know, yeah. start start releasing stuff like like put it on Shutter or like release a DVD yeah. or something. You know, like if you want to keep doing stuff, make like hour long movies. You know, whatever people will people will buy it. Like do like a do like a, a creep show thing and do like a just. Just very short stories. Do like a movie yeah. of like four short
0: stories or something. And yeah, exactly. Do an and, anthology. And just uh, yeah. a, a quick little funny story just to wrap up this whole zombie conversation because there is honestly nothing more to say. <laughs> um, it was uh, – so they were giving out these uh, limited, quote-unquote, limited release posters, right? Like mm-hmm. the first 50 people get a poster or whatever, right? You know that gimmick, right? So, right. Um, so I got a poster, right? Cool. I mean, you know, it's nothing, you know, nothing major. It was like, it was signed or anything like that. So then this one guy sits in front of me. He's like, Hey dude, like, where'd you get that poster? I was like, Oh, they were giving it off front, man. But, uh, hopefully there's more left. I was like, I just go back to, uh, to the lady taking tickets and she should have one over there. So he goes, comes back empty handed. He's like, Oh man, dude. Like she said, there's no more. Um, it was, it was very limited. I was like, Oh, that sucks, man. But you know what though? Here, man, take my poster. Nice. I gave him my poster, right? He was like, dude, that's awesome. I'm like, dude, enjoy it, man. Enjoy it. Um, It seems like you're a really big fan. Enjoy it, you know? Right. And then the guy next to me goes like, oh, hey, man, you're going to be sorry when you see that on eBay suddenly for a lot of money. <laughs> and then I was like, um, I'm good. <laughs> I, think, I told him the I was like, I think I'll be fine, right? Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and then the guy behind me is like, oh, he gave his poster away. And I'm like, dude watch the movie i think i think i'll be just fine and, and um, that ends the conversation right about rob zombie <laughs> yeah i mean yeah uh. <laughs> i was like i was like oh that's cute you guys think this is gonna make a lot of money on ebay i'm like listen, <laughs> if it was signed i would not be giving that poster away obviously but yeah. you know it's uh, you know you can find it online right now for ten dollars yeah <laughs> i mean Ooh, guaranteed <laughs> i saw it listen I saw it when I was gathering stills for my review. I'm like, oh, there's a poster. Everybody says it was going to be a lot of money. <laughs>
1: you know, well, there you go. There's his fan base right there. If you're going to yeah. make movies, make stuff for them. You know, sell it for ten dollars a piece. They'll buy it. <laughs> <laughs> the big of Yeah, and then, then they'll put the DVDs on on eBay when
0: it's limited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh man, look at this awesome steel case, man oh man yeah uh, and that's not gonna get a steel case anytime soon
1: though. well uh well if you want to hear more about course feed and all our thoughts uh follow us on on all the channels right arturo
0: all the channels maybe minus twitter twitter just it's very time for on yeah, twitter yeah it's fine but, uh, instagram but, uh, you can catch me definitely hardcore going at it on facebook on instagram um like we say all the time, if you have any inquiries, anything you guys recommend for us to watch or review or just watch and talk about, please feel free to message me on Facebook. Feel free to DM me on Instagram. Yeah, I am there, always on that.
1: There might be um, the next Rob Zombie out there. You yeah, never know. Like,
0: it's like I told a lot of people, like, <laughs> I, I love showcasing artwork. I love showcasing new music, new art, um, up-and-coming talent. I love doing that because that's the point of CoreSpeed. It was to kind of expose a lot of people to this great community of horror that we have and to um, showcase a lot of new talent because there's a lot of very talented people out there, very talented drawers, artists, tattoo artists, um, filmmakers, uh, authors that have this niche, you know. And I love just making sure the masses see it. And now with over 10,000 followers on Facebook, That nice. um, we are definitely out there. We're definitely – Showing love to all these people. Um, I get um, inquiries all the time about, hey, can you showcase this artwork and this artwork and that? And I'm like, it's my pleasure. You know, this is why I'm here. Hell yeah. Yeah, I'm here for you guys. um, And I'm here to showcase a lot of brutality, a lot of great metal. Um and just a lot of cool shit, man. Um, under this umbrella of horror that we have, that's so um, vast and expansive. And now,
1: um, now we have yeah. the morgue. So you know, if yeah. you if you found oh, us on SoundCloud, God. you found us. If you found us on iTunes. And hopefully we'll, we'll start popping up in other places, but, uh, you know. We're going
0: to start popping up on YouTube soon, Yeah, so, so
1: leave us a like, no. uh, follow, review, subscribe, all that stupid shit that everybody's supposed to say.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, so, you guys have a great night. Um, I hope you enjoyed this little Rob Zombie conversation. Remember, go to the socials, And one more thing, Tex. It's a scary fucking world out there, but we're here to walk them through it, right?